I'd like to invite you now to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Uh, this morning we are going to consider Philippians uh, chapter 3 and verse 11. So our focus for today will be uh, Philippians chapter 3 verse 11. I would, uh, uh, however, like to begin the reading in verse uh, 7. Uh, next week, Lord willing, we will pick up the pace. Uh, we'll look at uh, several verses, a couple of verses next, next week. Uh, but today we'll look at one verse, uh, verse 11, uh, beginning, in verse, uh, beginning the reading in verse uh, 7. Before we hear God's word, if you would, uh, friends, join your hearts together with me in prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we rejoice that Emmanuel has come, God with us. Jesus Christ was found in human vesture, that that same human flesh might be broken uh, to bring us life and peace in him. So we thank you and praise you, O Lord, and we do rejoice this day that you have come to us in your son, Jesus Christ, and that he reigns from on high. We do pray, Father, that as we hear your word read and as we hear the gospel proclaimed, that you would repel the path of misery before us, that you would lighten our path and give light to our hearts and our souls and encourage us in the scriptures, we pray. We ask that you would do this good work in your people, for we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7, beloved, this is the word of God. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our Lord remains forever. It is a given reality that as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you will suffer. The sanctification process is marked by pain. We looked at, we considered sanctification last week. That sanctification process is marked by pain. Walking by faith down the narrow path of suffering, Jesus has called us to. That is the path that all of us are on as Christians. Verse 10, that we may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so you will suffer as a Christian. But our suffering, friends, is not without purpose. It is not meaningless suffering. There is a goal. There is an end that we look forward to in our present suffering. And this is what we're going to look at in this verse, in verse 11. And so far, we have looked at the benefits that we receive by virtue of our faith union with Christ. We have been given the gift of faith. We believe in Christ. If you are a believer, that is, this is true for you. You have been given the gift of faith to believe in Christ. You trust in him. You have gained Christ, as Paul has said in this section. And because we have gained Christ by faith, we enjoy 
certain benefits in him. We enjoy acceptance with God, being adopted into his family. And so by faith we are justified. That is part of what it means to be justified. We are declared innocent and righteous. And so therefore we are able to be accepted into his holy kingdom. This is only because of what what Christ has done. We do not have a righteousness of our own, but a righteousness that comes from God, that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And so we are justified. Not only this, but we are also sanctified. Our nature is changed. We have a new heart. We now want to know more, want to know Christ more and more. This is truly our desire deep down, even though We still fight against sin. Deep down, we want what Paul wants. We want to know Christ more and more. We want to know more of the power of his resurrection, have more of the fellowship in his sufferings, be more and more enabled to die to sin and to live unto righteousness. That's sanctification. In a word, in sanctification, we are made more like Christ. Now, this process, as we already discussed last time, this process of sanctification lasts our entire lives as Christians. And it's a process that is unequal in each of us. We are all equally declared innocent. We are all equally declared righteous. But in sanctification, there's different levels. There's peaks and valleys. Our obedience to Christ is better at times than at others. We mature in the faith. And, it's a, and it is a process of course, that is filled with pain to one degree or another. Now, there's much joy in Christ, to be sure, friends. We rejoice in the Lord. We have joy in the Lord. But this joy that is always with us, this joy that we have, that Paul always had, it does not deny the existence and the experience of spiritual and physical suffering as a Christian. We become like him in his death. We suffer. We feel pain. If our Savior took up his cross on his march towards being crucified on that cross and dying, we too must take up our cross. That cross is the very means of our death. We take it up willingly, joyfully. But this suffering, friends, this carrying our cross as Jesus did, as Jesus did and as we do in this life, this is something that will not last forever. It is temporary. Ours is a temporary suffering. As Paul said in Romans 8, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, meaning they won't last forever, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, what is that glory? What is the glory that's to be revealed in the future? It's found here. Resurrection from the dead. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That's the glory we're looking forward to. That Paul was looking forward to. The redemption of our bodies. The redemption of our bodies and enjoyment of God in Christ in spirit-filled resurrection glory. That's what this phrase refers to the resurrection from the dead. And so there is an end, friends, to your suffering. There is a purpose, the resurrection from the dead. And along that path of misery that you are on, that we are all on, you are being shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. 
And so, again, the suffering is not without a purpose, and it's not forever. It's not, it will not last forever. Now, certainly, if we die before the Lord returns, our spirit will go to be with Christ, which, as Paul said earlier in this letter, is far better. If we die, our spirit departs this body to go to be with the Lord, which is far better. There is no pain there. In your spirit, you will not feel pain. You will be purified, sanctified in your spirit, enjoying Christ in heaven. That is where our departed saints are currently today, with Jesus Christ in their spirit in heaven. There's certainly no pain there, but that is not our ultimate and final destiny, simply to be with God in our spirit, as wonderful as that is. Our bodies need to be healed. Now, some of us know that better than others, more intimate with that knowledge that our physical bodies need to be healed so that we might enjoy God in both body and soul. And so this verse deals with just that, our glorification at the end of the age. And so you have the benefits of Christ as they are spelled out in our our catechism, the shorter catechism. Justification, sanctification, and glorification. That's, we're dealing with glorification today. Now, verse 11 is tied to verse 10, in a way, which deals with our sanctification. Paul considers all things lost, that he may gain Christ and know him, that he might know the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that, by any means possible, I may attain something. And so, the, the verses are connected. I do this so that I might attain this other thing. I go through this so that I might experience this future thing. That's the connection between verse 10 and 11. I die, I'm conformed into the image of Christ, into the image of Jesus Christ and conformed into his death so that I might live resurrection from the dead. You see the connection there. Now, Jesus said something similar in his ministry when he said, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. We die to live. That's essentially what Paul is saying in these two verses. Paul also says the same thing. He says, we are heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. He says that in Romans. And so our daily cross-bearing friends, uh, we need to keep this in mind, our daily cross-bearing is, for sure, a march towards death. That cross is the means by which you will die. You are crucified to the world, as Jesus was. He carried the very thing that would kill him, the cross, And so our daily cross-bearing is a march towards death, but in this march towards death, we are also moving closer and closer to life, resurrection life, resurrection from the dead. That is the path we are all on. Now, what happens at the resurrection from the dead? Well, Paul mentions this again uh, later, uh, which hopefully we will be able to look look at uh, very soon. In verse 21 of this chapter, he says, Jesus 
uh, when he returns, will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. That's what happens for believers at the resurrection from the dead. Now, right now, part of the suffering that we endure as Christians is spiritual. Paul, when talking about uh, Epaphroditus, he said that he sent Epaphroditus uh, back to the Philippians so that the Philippians could rejoice at seeing him and so that Paul would be less anxious. Paul also was anxious about the state of the church and about their worry of Epaphroditus. He also talked there about having sorrow upon sorrow. If his beloved friend Epaphroditus, if he would have died, he would have experienced a sorrow on top of another sorrow. Anxiety, sorrow, fear, doubt, temptation, heartbreak. These are all experiences that we go through as Christians that we feel primarily in our souls, in our spirit, in our inner person. Now sometimes, of course, those spiritual effects have, or those, that spiritual suffering has physical effects. We shed tears, for example, over the loss of our loved ones. We lose weight because of spiritual depression. Sometimes the physical suffering is so profound that it affects our spiritual state. And so there's a relationship between the two, physical suffering and spiritual suffering. Grief, sorrow, vexation from broken bones, surgeries, being close to death, contemplating death. Our bodies presently, just in their broken state that they are, they are susceptible to deformities, to brokenness, to disease, to sickness, pain, and death. And it is this way because of the effects of Adam's sin. And those things cause us spiritual suffering. We feel spiritual anxiety and spiritual sorrow as a result of some of these physical ailments. And so part of our suffering is spiritual, is Primarily spiritual, in part, is physical, and the two are always very closely related. We suffer as a result of broken bones, broken bodies, the prospect of death, and yet where does that suffering take place? In our physical bodies, yes, but also in our hearts. Our hearts are broken. That's why we say that. My heart is broken. But at the resurrection of the dead, for the Christian friends, our physical bodies will be healed. Our physical bodies will be glorified and reunited with our souls. Though our physical bodies return to the dust at death for a time, that is true, they are sown in weakness. That is what happens when we die. Our physical bodies are buried and they see corruption for a time. And so they are there temporarily. They are sown in weakness, as Paul said. But when Jesus comes, the second coming, when he comes again, these same bodies that you have for believers presently will be raised in power. They will be transformed, glorified. These bodies that we have today will no longer be susceptible to death as they are today. We will never die. That is what happens at the resurrection from the dead. All the physical ailments we endured here will be forever healed then at the resurrection from the dead. They will be past, never to return, never to be experienced again. 
Epaphroditus almost died from a sickness, a physical ailment. Paul, later, the Apostle Paul, he would eventually be martyred for his faith. He would die. At the resurrection of the dead, none of that will ever happen again. At the resurrection of the dead, Jesus will wipe away every tear from our eyes permanently. Now, of course, this is true for believers, for unbelievers who remain in their sin when Jesus comes again. The destination will be quite different. It will be a different type of resurrection. But for the believer, as Paul says here, we will be raised from the dead to be with Jesus forever. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes permanently. Then, he does it now for sure. He comforts us now by his word for sure. When we shed tears, when our hearts are broken, when our bodies are broken, he often gives us healing. He sustains our bodies, and sometimes he doesn't. Some of us have permanent physical ailments we must deal with for the rest of our lives. Some of our children, even. When Jesus comes again, that will be permanent history. We will no longer experience those things. And so again, friends, becoming like him in his death, carrying our crosses daily as we do now, is temporary. It's a temporary experience for us. We suffer, but we suffer unto glory. We suffer unto a goal, a purpose. Now, this is something we as believers will experience, not because of what we do, ultimately, or have done. The resurrection of the dead, for us, will come because of the power of his resurrection, Christ's resurrection, which Paul just mentioned. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection, Part of that power is at work in you today, in your inner person, and the rest of that power will will be revealed when he comes again, when the same power will be at work to reconstitute your physical body and make it glorified. That is what will happen at the end of the age. Now, the permanent healing of our bodies, friends, is wonderful, It's something great to look forward to. And that is what will take place. We will be permanently and forever physically and spiritually healed of all maladies, of all disabilities, of all diseases. If you've ever had some pain or sickness and the doctors tell you that a certain surgery will definitely alleviate that pain or will definitely heal the sickness, what happens? Well, you look forward to the day of the surgery because... You don't necessarily look forward to be being opened up, but you look forward to being healed, for the pain to be gone, for the sickness to be healed. But the resurrection of the dead, friends, is not just about the healing of our bodies, as wonderful as that sounds. The resurrection of the dead for believers is about the final permanent healing of our bodies, reunited with perfect souls glorified souls, so that we might know Christ in those bodies and enjoy him. That is why we look forward to that day. Not simply because that pain that you've lived with for years or the pain, the brokenness that your children have gone through or the depression you suffer with or the anxiety that disables you at times, or the vexation that you feel as a result of physical pain. 
That'll be gone for sure, but it's not just that. It's so that in those glorified bodies, we might enjoy Christ all the more. Do not those maladies often create roadblocks for us in enjoying Christ and knowing him? They do. Sometimes they do. But that will not happen then at the resurrection from the dead. Now this verse, it comes in the context of Paul expressing his desire to know Christ. Later he connects the resurrection from the dead with the appearance of Jesus. He says, we wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies. Consider also how many times Paul references Christ in this larger section. In verse 3 he says, we glory in Christ. He speaks about the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. Verse 8, I gain Christ. Verse 8, I want to be found in Christ. Verse 9, I want to know Christ and the power of Christ's resurrection. I want to share in Christ's sufferings. I want to become like Christ in his death. And then all of this that he might be led to the resurrection from the dead caused by Christ at the return of Christ to be with Christ. Do you see that? Do you see the emphasis there? That is what we're looking forward to. We enjoy him now for sure. But we will enjoy him in a far greater way then. At the resurrection from the dead. For Paul, his whole life was about knowing Christ more and more in the inner person while alive. Until he could know Christ in a glorified body at the resurrection from the dead. That's, that's Paul in a nutshell. I want to know Christ while I'm alive until the Lord comes when I can know Christ when I'm raised from the dead. Now, last thing, I want to, uh, well, second to last thing, sorry. <laughs> there's, uh, there's another small thing. Last, second to last thing I want us to look at is the way in which Paul states this hope of glorification. I'll, I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, verse 11, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Interesting way to put this, is it not? So that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And so he says it as if, or in a way, that seems to communicate reaching the resurrection from the dead might not happen. It's a possibility. If you were wanting to visit a friend on Friday, but you had lots of work to do before so that you could go visit that person on Friday before traveling to see them, you might say something like this, I, by any means possible, I hope to get to your place on Saturday. Meaning, it might not happen. It might just, I might just find out that there's too much work and I won't make it. Now, we need to be clear here. That's, that's the way Paul has structured this. Now, we need to be clear here that for Paul, based on his other words and on his other writings, he was not claiming here that resurrection glory for the believer might not happen. That is not what he is saying. He's not saying this as if he's earning resurrection from the dead. If that was true, if that is true that we earn resurrection from the dead by what we ultimately do, then this verse, verse 11, would completely over throw everything we've just looked at before this. Believers have a righteousness from God through faith in Jesus Christ, not having a righteousness of my own, but a righteousness from God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ that guarantees salvation, that guarantees this also, resurrection from the dead. Paul said in chapter 1, I am sure of this, that he, that is God, 
who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What will happen at the day of Jesus Christ? Resurrection from the dead. Chapter 1, Paul does not say, God, who began a good work in you, may bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Or he might bring it to completion, depending on, upon what you do or don't do at the day of Jesus Christ. That is not what he said. He will finish the work. Jesus will transform our bodies to be like his glorious body. Paul, along with the rest of Scripture, though, uh, or Paul, along with the rest of Scripture, as from these verses that we just read, is deeply concerned with giving hearers the assurance of salvation. That is what, that is what we all long to have, is it not? That God will save us, that I can trust him. And that is what Scripture gives us, a certainty. This will take place for you. You will be transformed at the end of the age. The false teachers that had threatened this community, that they give no assurance because they give a salvation by works. And that is, that is what you will get outside of the Christian message. The true Christian message is a salvation by works, and it can offer you no hope, no assurance. You will never know if you've done enough. You will never know if you've been good enough. That is not what the gospel proclaims. Our resurrection glory is guaranteed. Christ was raised, you will be raised. But Paul also did not want his hearers to become complacent. He does not want his hearers to become idle or lazy, thinking that they've already become perfect. And of course, we'll look at this in the next section in a way that this verse prepares us for the next section. We are not made perfect. We have not yet reached that end goal. None of us will achieve perfection in this life. Though our salvation is assured, we we must fight each day of our lives. We must scratch and claw our way towards the finish line, resurrection from the dead. I think that's what Paul had in mind here. It's not always pretty, in other words, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I don't always want to know Christ. I don't always consider all things lost. Things get in the way. Suffering gets in the way and it blurs my vision of what the ultimate goal is for the Christian. But deep down, this is who we are. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And so friends, for you this morning, this is where you are headed for sure. And so don't give up. Don't give up. Your resurrection glory is assured. By any means possible, we all together will attain the resurrection from the dead. Finally, the real finally, whatever it is you need to do today, by God's grace, to reorient your mind towards this, whatever it is that you need to consider as loss for the sake of Christ, Whatever it is that you need to loosen your grip on, that you may gain Christ and be found in him, do that. That's another message we get from these verses. In fact, let us all do this together so that we too, like Paul, may by any means possible attain the resurrection from the dead. To Christ be all praise and glory now and forever. Let's pray together, friends.